right, ahoy. It is Critical Mess. It is episode 20. We are in our 20s, guys. This is the podcast where some friends in the ad business rap about movies that critics and audiences do not agree on. I am Nick Honeywell. I'm here with Grizz Griswold and Brian McCullough. Producer Ben is here as well. Say what's up, gentlemen. Hey, hey. What's going on, everybody? Hey, this is Brian McCullough, and I did some soul searching, and I'm doubling down on my stance on Brad Pitt. Um, I think he falls flat in traditional dramatic roles, and he shines in quirky comedic roles. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Producer Ben. Great revelation. (laughs) Okay. Um, That leads to our icebreaker, I suppose. Um, This is a no prep icebreaker, so just, just go with your gut on this one. Guys, the one that, you know, the, the answer that just comes to you um, first. But the question is, which actor or actress do you think would secretly be just a really cool person to hang out with? Um, and this has nothing to do with, like, how hot they are, right, or anything like that. And you, you also may not choose uh, Keanu Reeves because everyone knows he's the coolest already. Yeah, yeah good, good, good call. So um, who would you uh, think would just be a cool actor or actress to hang out with? Sometime. Can I answer uh, a male and female? Um, sure. Yes, I can. Uh, Shia LaBeouf as, as the as the the dude, and Charlize Theron as the chick. Nice, I like those. Um, I I think Charlize Theron's great. Is it that between two ferns performance was really pretty. It just made her seem super cool. What did it for me was her Hot Ones uh, episode, but but also yes, between two ferns she was great as well. Chris? That's a great pick. Thanks. Shia LaBeouf is really good. Thanks, Chris. No, he seems um, like he'd be, he'd be a wild card. You'd, actually, go out, you'd get some drinks. You might do a little blow. And you might... it, have you seen his uh, Hot Ones episode? I have. Oh, it's amazing. I have. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. Yeah. You're right. We we get into it. Yeah. We, it something, would be... something wild would happen yeah. with, with old Shia. Yeah. Uh-huh. He is. Uh, I got to go to a hard vote for Bill Hader. I feel like he would be an he'd, outrageously good hang. He'd be so entertaining. Yeah. yeah. His stories, like everything about, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going comedian too. I'm I'm a little torn. Uh, I think my first inclination was to go with uh, Dave Chappelle. I just feel like he would just be fun to hang out with because he's the funniest fucking guy alive, and he just you know it's just he's he's, he's just, <laughs> he smokes a lot of weed and he just and he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give fun. a fuck, which is why he's awesome. And a little foreshadowing for two episodes from now, perhaps, Ooh, perhaps, perhaps Dave might be involved. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay, good. Glad we we broke the ice here uh, tonight. Ben, did you want to give an answer on this icebreaker? Ah, uh, no, I'm good. Okay, okay. <laughs> cr- we'll keep it ready with keep the uh, the, cr- the cricket prepared. sound effect. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I'm not ready. Have your crickets on on tap, Ben. <laughs> okay, so before we get into uh, tonight's movie, just a, a quick spoiler warning: we'll be spoiling the movie, talking a lot about the movie. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, in fact, I think this is a good time to note. Uh, we always really recommend watching the film before you listen to the episode. I think you'll have a lot more fun with it. Um, you'll just be tracking a lot better um, with what we're talking about um, rather than, you know, you saw it 10 or 15 years ago. So um, just a, a small note uh, for the for the listener there. I mean, it's a, it's a smaller time commitment, frankly, than listening to the episode itself, usually. Right, so you would think, yeah, it is good to, to freshen up. Um, anyway, um, so we will be spoiling this movie, but we are talking about a movie from uh, 2006, uh, we've been on a bit of a horror binge. I think this movie is kind of um, kind of action horror. Is that eh, action thriller okay? with yeah. a little side of horror? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, it uh, it stars Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Julianne Margulies, Nathan Phillips, Bobby uh, Cannavale, 
Kenan Thompson, Todd Luiso, a bunch of people you probably haven't heard of, uh, more or less, uh, except for Samuel L. Um, Kenan Thompson, I guess, is pretty pretty famous these days. Uh, it was directed by David R. Ellis. Cost about $33 million to make, grossed about $62 million worldwide. So moderate success, not a uh, immediate success, though. It kind of gained a little traction over time. Um, very quick refresher about the criteria for the movies we talk about on this show. Uh, Got to be fresh with audiences and rotten with critics or vice versa on Rotten Tomatoes, and that disparity needs to be at least uh, 20% or so. Um, this particular film, uh, which I haven't even named yet. Did I even say the name of the movie yet? I don't think I did. No. It was, nope. it's, and it's such a great name. I think it's one of the best titles for a film really ever. Um, and that movie is Snakes on a Plane. So um, Snakes on a Plane got a fairly solid 69% with critics. Um, nice. Yeah, which is a little, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a little surprising. That's a little surprising. I, I'm, I'm always surprised by those critics. Uh, and, a, and a somewhat whack 49% with audiences. So we've got a, a 20% disparity on the dot. So not, not a huge one, but definitely meets our criteria. And we've got a huge critical mess on our hands tonight, guys, because the out of 10 ratings just blow that away. The out of 10 critics is 6.2 and uh, audience is 6.4. Wow. So the, hmm. Very the average rating is higher for the audience and critics, and yet there's a 20-point disparity the other way around. So it's a crazy night. That's why. Tell us what that means, Brian. Well, I think that that means that the audience um, is more polarized. Mm -hmm. I'd say the audience, the, the people who loved it, loved it, and most people just thought it was whatever um, for that to happen. So there, let's put it this way: there's way more five star reviews than one star reviews, is what that yep. means. Yep. It's like there's tons of five stars and a bunch of two and a halfs. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got middling to love. And yeah. we'll get into why that is, because the, the, I think a lot of it's because of the name and the internet buzz and, sure. and, the, and that kind of thing, the, the anticipation. But Yeah, that is interesting. But um, I do indeed. think that with critics, it's about the same. 69, 6.2, that's pretty standard. So. Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay, so this is generally the point in the show where we thank our sponsor. And tonight, uh, we're, we're pretty much just sponsored by Pacifico Clara, the... Mexican cerveza um, in a can, in a can, which I think is very important. Uh, just tastes better in a can to me. I, I don't know if that's just me or. I think or, it's just you. I'm a bottle guy myself. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, but but I like a can. So it's so much less hassle. You just pop yeah. it open, oh, crush yeah. it practically. You don't have a garbage smarter. bag full of clinkety clackety bottles everywhere. The yeah. only thing I like in a bottle is High Life, and that's it. Mm. Mm. Classy. Yeah. Classy. Um, anyways, thank you to Pacifico. You are fueling our fire tonight. Uh, all right, so this is the point in the show where we talk about... Uh, what do we talk about now? It's where we talk about um, our first exposure exposure to this film. Uh, how many times we've seen it over the years? When did we see it? Uh, let's let's get into that a little bit, guys. When, when did you first see this film, and how many times have you seen it? Uh, one week ago was the first time I ever saw this film. So, brand new to it. I watched it once. You, uh... You, you you have a lot longer history with this movie than I do because I watched it two days ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, and just that once. Wow, okay. I saw it in the theater. Um, <laughs> I'm it's so funny. Like, there's so many of these movies. Nick's, like, never saw it in the theater. And, and then the, this, he's like, oh, yeah, in the theater. Yeah. I've seen lots <laughs> of shit in the Anything that weekend. came out, like, around this, you know, in that kind of period between, like, 1996 and, like, 2008, I saw a lot of random shit. 
yeah. a lot of random shit. Uh, okay, so um, yeah, so and then I saw it again uh, last night. I have I've seen it just those those two times. So let's go ahead and rate this thing, guys. Last time we did this, we had a I think a dead a dead ringer, right? We had mm-hmm. a we had a an equal mm. equal yep. rating. Um, that won't happen. Will, again, will lightning think. strike twice? You guys were both in the sixty nine club together. The Mile High Club. <laughs> feel, you feel real proud of yourself with that, <laughs> that little joke, it don't you? Could have been way more clever, but I had three seconds to think of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we salute you, sir. I'm going with a forty. Forty out of a hundred snakes 40. on a plane. Forty. It's straight even forty. 40. Two out of five stars. Hmm. I really thought you were going to love this. You did? Yeah. No. no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. Didn't um, hate it. I, I didn't hate it. It got a little bit. I, I started out. I'm like, this is terrible. There's no way this is going to be good. And then it, ever so slightly, if it was like a graph, just the line would just be trending north, just a, just about three degrees. Mm. And by the end of the film, okay, you know that <laughs> yeah. wasn't that wasn't terrible. Nope, uh, not for me. Uh, this gets a 17 out of 100. Jeez. That might be the lowest. Savage. <laughs> that might be the lowest movie. score I'll ever give a movie. But yeah, this was a dumpster fire. Just pure <laughs> shit. I love your the strength of your opinion. Yeah. Oh, it's it's gonna be strong tonight for sure. Give it to me, baby. Hot, yeah. hot, hot. Can we get so. that race car effect? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you mean? Oh, <laughs> I thought you did the air horn effect with your mouth. Yeah. No. Well, whatever. Yeah, I thought whatever. that was an air horn. <laughs> whatever. Whatever is appropriate, guys. Uh. Okay. Well. Gosh. I guess I'm coming in with the high score here with a 52. Oh boy. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> I mean, I. I had some fun with it. I thought it was stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. right there you'll be surprised how many audience reviews mirror that exact sentiment i had some fun with it i thought it was stupid yeah well there you go yeah yeah okay um well that that settles that then so none of us certainly none of us loved it um and and one of us um is is really taking it to the cleaners so i want to i want to talk uh about um before we get into those kind of reasons more specifically Let's talk a little bit about you know critics and audiences and you know why they uh, may uh, not agree so much on this film and it's not the biggest disparity in the world but um, you know and Brian you did have that interesting note um, at the beginning of the show uh, how can when you kind of interpret the reviews in a, in a different way they actually are, are probably much closer mm-hmm. um, so but nonetheless there's there's certainly some disagreement there so let's talk a little bit about um, why why that is. I still think we should talk about this in 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 con- in the context of the percentage, not the average out of ten. Yeah. So I did make that note, but I still think the sixty nine critic, forty nine audience is how we should frame sort of this conversation. Critics liked it more than audience. Um, you you can argue, you know, t- I've I've seen people argue for days on on which was more accurate and the the pitfalls of Rotten Tomatoes. We all know this, but let's just go ahead and use those percentage metrics. The critic reviews a synopsis. Snakes on a Plane lives up to its title, featuring snakes on a plane. It isn't perfect, but then again, it doesn't need to be. Got some problems with that. That's the synopsis, though, so we can't blame any specific person for that because we don't know who wrote it. Now let's blame (laughs) some specific people for what they said. Richard Roper, Chicago Sun-Times. Without that title and a year's worth of internet-fueled buzz, this would be just another forgettable, mildly entertaining mid-August throwaway movie. That's interesting because that kind of touches on the internet. I think this was in a time when the internet 
was starting to become, you know, much more used. This is what mid two thousands. The power of the internet power was starting internet. to be real. The power of marketing yes. on the internet was starting to be truly, you know, harnessed. And I think this was one of the first like internet, fully internet fueled um, movies as far as like right. uh, uh, drumming up uh, interest. And it, and it was because we're going to get into this more, but mm-hmm. a lot of it I think was because of the kind of the back and forth that the sort of the production did with the the world or the people yeah. that wanted to give input which is kind of a which is was a completely crazy novel thing at the time and I, I i credit that at least just the the novelty of that i think that's interesting um and i think they even changed the name of the movie because well of, i think of, there's a yeah yeah we'll talk about that we'll get into that but yeah. but i just i wanted to read that one from from richard roper because i think that um he's not necessary i mean he's saying it's forgettable he's saying it's mildly entertaining I, you know, I, I would I would agree with that, um, but he is saying that a lot of the success came from the internet and the title specifically. And I think you're right when you hit on that title, "Snakes on a Plane." I mean, it's 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 either the worst name in the world or the best name in the world, probably the latter. J.R. Jones, Chicago Reader. The plot is ridiculous, and the characters are cardboard. But none of that really matters once the snakes get into the fuselage and start zapping people. The very definition of entertainment. My reaction to this is, he says, a ridiculous plot and cardboard characters, how is that not going to apply to how you rate the movie? Because he gave it a good rating. What did he give it? I, I actually I mean, didn't know oh. what, the, what the critics rated, because it's, it's kind of all over the place, because it's kind of distilled from their own sights. But he, 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 was a fa- he was a fresh rating, and he comes out of the gate saying, the plot is ridiculous and the characters are cardboard. I'm sorry, but... Well, I guess but my answer to that would be expectations, probably. He probably expected that. And you know, still had fun with it. But I feel like he's excusing that from his from yeah, his. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there may be a fundamental problem rating. with doing that, though. I understand. Yeah, Brian, I think you always you do see like the massive like I don't I don't. It's so hard because you can't encapsulate. I don't know if there's a limit on some of these ratings, but you do try to encapsulate your entire rating based on what maybe one or two sentences tops. Yeah. Um. So I think that's just, it's almost impossible to do that to like go through the the itemized list of things that you love and hate about it to get to where your rating is. I don't know, that's always tough for me to like yeah. read a review and then look at the rating and be like, eh, that's way off from what they're saying. But unless it's blatant where you're like, okay, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Let, let me ask you guys this real quick, a little aside here. If you watched a movie and then you went and rated it like a one star out of five, would you would would you would that it would that be a sign that you'd probably never revisit the movie? Not necessarily. Yeah, no. not not for no, me either. Not necessarily, no. I, I, I get the feeling that a lot of people are afraid to give a movie a low rating because that's, they're telling themselves, I'm never going to watch this movie again. And it's almost like people rate it based on how likely they are to rewatch it. And that's a problem. That's interesting. That's yeah. a problem. And I've noticed that in some of the, the audience reviews. And I just think people are too afraid. Oh, I'm going to give this a one out of five. That means I'm never going to watch it again. No, it just means you're recognizing I like the movie. It's just not a good movie. One thing I like about Letterboxd is like you can add your five-star rating but also like it. So like I so they're like cats for instance. Yeah. One star for sure. Uh-huh. But I love it and I think it's hilarious, so I liked it. That's so interesting. Like, so they give yeah. you they give mm-hmm. you the enjoyability yeah. versus the critic re- right. Ah, that's that's fun. It is a nice I like little that. I Is like it a star that. or is it a, a It's heart. a heart. It's a heart. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So like you can say I liked it. Yeah. But also it's trash. It's so like basically like, you can kind of scroll through anything you've hearted and and you, you go these are movies that I enjoy. But yeah. you're not putting yep. it out there in the world that this is a 10-star movie or right. whatever. Okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah. They got it figured out. Who, who are we sponsored by tonight, Nick? Uh, we're brought to you tonight by... Mm. <laughs> Listen to that copy. Pacific Clara in a can. 
The fact that we aren't sponsored by now is ridiculous. I know, it's sad. Yeah. I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> as hard as I can. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Randy, Cardova, Arizona Republic. The movie is aware of its cheesiness. One reason it works so well. It's an exploitation flick that knows what it wants to do, and it gets the job done expertly. My reaction to that is, does, is it aware of its cheesiness? No. I, I think the movie takes itself too seriously. Absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Hmm. That's a strong disagree on my part for Grizz. Okay. I think tonally, well, once again, I think we'll get into this a little bit more. Tonally, yeah. this movie's complicated. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. And, and a, lot of, a lot of these things I'm bringing up, it's sort of like, all right, we're setting this up, putting a pin in it, we're going to come back to it. But yep. it's kinda, I'm kind of trying to find all the different uh, facets to this turd of a jewel. <clears throat> uh, Michael Booth, Denver Post. Whether snakes on a plane means to be bad or is just bad by being its own bad self... The truth is, it's so bad that it's pretty good. And here's, <laughs> you guys, I'm sorry, but I hate the phrase, it's so bad it's good. I think we as a, as a society ha have accepted this nonsensical phrase to actually mean something. How can something be so bad that it's critically good? I, I, I'm sorry, but I can't abide. I mean, the room, the room is bad. But for some reason, people keep watching it. I would say the room is so bad, it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. But that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, you're saying that they're rating it highly because it was so bad it was good? Yes. Yes. And that's a thing that exists. People, oh, it's so. It's, yeah. it's almost so bad it's good. It's like, no, that's stupid. You're yeah. talking it's, about from a critical perspective. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so yes. I understand your point. Because we, just, we also we just have to remember, you know, there's, there's just a difference between critical and, and how much fun you had with it you know it'd be like saying somebody is so cringy that you know you start to laugh at them instead of with them but it'd be like saying somebody's so cringy that they're funny it's like no 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 they're not funny it's funny to laugh at them you have to distinguish and i words words are important people words matter i don't know if you know that i don't know if you know that nick but words words are important what word are you saying there? I, I don't know word that, i don't know that, i don't know what you do for a living but words are important word a uh, couple more. Tom, Tom Long, Detroit News. It is a great cheese ball of silliness, a B movie that has enough sense to embrace its B-ness and then squeeze like a boa constrictor. It is intentionally sublimely ridiculous from beginning to end. And I, I, I guess I had a thought there, and we can come back to this, but the fact that this is a B movie shouldn't elevate the critical score you give it. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for validating no. I. Yeah. You guys want to sit a little closer tonight? You want to come over here? I might. Me? I might sit right hey. on your lap. Brian's corner's open all night. <laughs> Brian's you know? corner's open in the basement. Yeah, we're ready. Nick's corner closes at 9, <laughs> 9 p.m. So all right. Yeah. The last one. Um, James Berardinelli, Real Views. Um, this, this is the one that just, whew, I vibed with it. Samuel L. Jackson is on record as saying, this movie isn't for critics. He's right about that. The problem is, it's not for many other people either, unless they're stoned or drunk, or just enjoy making fun of bad movies. And that's accurate. And he just described, like, what, 94% of the population? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> At least the people who watch this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I, and I just want to come back to that. It's, it's a big deal if you, if, if you say, this movie is not for critics. Like... If you stop and think about what that means, every movie should be for critics because critics 
But the idea of a critic is just somebody that's looking at something and see, saying, how good of a thing is this? And that's all critics are as a baseline. And if you put out a, a, a something, a creative work into the world, and you say, this is not for people who want to look and see how good this creative work is, what the fuck are you doing? So I think that's a... I love Samuel L. Jackson, and I think he was covering his butt and covering his bases by saying that. I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that... I, I typically am with the audiences on a lot of movies or films, and I think it is hard. I wouldn't... I don't think you should go out to make a movie specifically for audiences, but I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of industries do that. I think a lot of studios do it. I think a lot of directors, young directors do that. They make it because they love it or they know that there's going to be a small audience that will love it. They don't necessarily... I don't think anybody makes a piece of art with the end result being the person at the end. Unless you're a like a uh, a chef and you're making it specifically for a food critic, that seems very specific. Mm -hmm. But for film or TV or movies, I think especially at like the beginner stage or the new um, directors and writers and stuff like that, I think it's hard for me to grasp that idea at least... For me, I don't know. I think because you can make it for audiences, you should make it for a group of people or a type of person. You should make it for the masses. You shouldn't make it for people to review it. Can, can I just can I just say one clarifying statement, and then I'll and I just want to make sure I'm I'm coming off correctly. I think it's totally fine to make a movie for audiences and not for critics. What I can't abide is making that movie and then rating it highly. Just make your movie for audiences and don't don't. It doesn't need to be rated highly. I'm only talking about how you rate a movie, not, not why you make a movie. Sure, Michael Bay, make movies that are entertaining and fun. But if people are rating that movie five out of five... I got you. Okay. ...for the wrong reasons, and now it's like being compared to like Shawshank Redemption, like that's just not fair, you know? <sighs> yeah, that's tough. So, I think... There you go. That's not... Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, like we were just saying, like there's... In Letterboxd, you have the ratings, and then you have the like or dislike yeah. kind of option there. Um, I think that's where you're going to get a little bit more specific with apps that become, I don't know, is Rotten Tomatoes going to be around forever? I don't know. Is Letterboxd going to be the new thing? I feel like it's pretty big Sorry, now. In terms of this podcast, I hope right that now. they are. What are you distracted by? <laughs> we, just for our listeners, we, scene in the we, movie. we turn on all the movies in the background and just leave it on silent. So we every so often, we may just reference a random scene. We so, typically like to, to contextualize. And it's the sex scene all right. in the... Nick, I've I, I bet I've talked a lot, I, but I feel like I've got I've said my piece. And so Thank now God. You can, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm you kidding. I'm kidding. I kid. Uh, no, I, I have one little thing to say about that, and just one little thing, and that's that. You know, how many of these critics I feel like rated this movie highly, just kind of out of spite, or just to sort of be ironic, right? Because you know they know this movie isn't made for them, and they say, "Well, fuck you, I'm going to like it anyway." You know. I was okay. kind of wondering if there was a contrarian nature to like some of these highbrow critics, Cause, like just to just to surprise everyone and rate it highly, just because. Right, yeah, because isn't it ironic that like you know Samuel Jackson says it's not for critics, and yet here we are talking about it's got the high critic score, yeah. and the low audience score. I mean, that's just that's just is ironic. I think there's there, there's something to that potentially. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's also it's shocking that it is not the opposite. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, this is critical mess. We were talking about snakes. On a Plane, which may or may not be the best title for a film ever. Um, I think the next thing we need to talk about here, fellas, is... Oh, I can't I can't wait for this. Actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to flip the script. I think that's what we do right now. And I and you know what? I, I, 
I shot this one right down the middle. I mean, yeah. 52. I, I don't really have a whole lot of flipping to do, but I'm I'm curious to to hear what you guys liked about this movie. Uh, well, since I had the lowest score, I'll go first. Uh, it's 17 out of 100. Uh, two things uh, out of that 17. I think 15% goes to Samuel Jackson just because of the single line that he says about these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that was the iconic Classic line that was on repeat. Line. Classic. And I think. The 15% goes straight to him. The other 2% goes to the pilot uh, played by David Koechner. And for some reason, I thought he was hilarious. And just a couple of weird scenes, he just played this awkward, bumbling, you know, pilot. But He was uh, quite sexist and showed No, outrageously. He He just played so hard into it. And I just thought it was just like he was the only one that made it funny. And everyone else took it seriously when they did like a joke or a goofball. Like, why is he only ever cast in those roles too? Because think about it, he was just coming out at coming off of uh, Anchorman <laughs> here, yeah. And then he was also in The Office, and he was the same character in all three of those movies. Yeah, yeah. He I, just because he just looks like an asshole, but he's probably super awesome. I oh, I'm sure he's such a sweet a, teddy bear. He maybe not be actually. Maybe he's got who knows. I have no opinion on this. He person. probably has like six daughters, and he's like the the and most. I had to go to the Wikipedia man. page, and now he's in like you know he's in like federal <laughs> supermax prison for yeah. some heinous crime. We should. I have no idea, sir. You may be a good man or a bad man. I don't know. No judgment. Um, okay. Where were we? We were flipping talking about things that were flipping here. Uh, but that that's all I could really flip on this other than, um, it. I don't know. I, just, I felt literally nothing. I, I didn't think it was, it was weird because it was just a, such a strange action horror thriller comedy. It didn't know what it wanted to be. So I had a really hard time. I think just Samuel L. Jackson in that one scene and then Keckner just being himself from all those other classics he was in. I think he had a nugget in there that I thought was interesting. It made me feel nothing. I think that's yeah. a that that that's a that, that plays to your to your rating. Yes. It also made me feel nothing. Um but I didn't I just didn't hate it. It didn't it didn't turn me off as as many stupid things as were in it. Um <clears throat> but what there were some things that I specifically liked. I really liked the Xanax guy. Um he, I don't know who that guy was, but he just he was, I was amazing. Like, he was he was great. He was I wanted to see more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad I wasn't crazy. Um, I thought the exterior shots of the plane flying through the storm, cool. Five, they look, they look to, they cool. good. Yeah. Well, Were because we, a lot of the CGI was horrendous, uh, and yeah, that was, was that was bad. decent. Um, uh, I, I think the hard part is the sell of like they use the CG snakes so much, and then they would do a practical of a snake, and you're like, oh, that looks nice, and then they would go straight to a CG snake, yep. and it went back and forth. Yeah. Uh, I, Samuel L. Jackson, you guys, Pacific. he he is a he is a professional man. He he took his role so seriously. He he did exactly. I mean, he deserved his paycheck in this movie. Um, he held it together for me, to be honest. He can really I, held it together. Can I give? Sorry, just before I get uh, forget to say this, I want to give one little tidbit about Samuel L. Jackson that mm-hmm. I thought was intriguing. Um, he had it written into his contract that he could be no closer than twenty five feet. To a live snake oh. throughout the duration of the filming of this movie. <laughs> That's for real. I I can respect that. Yeah. So just uh, a note, just a note there. Okay. Um, I liked I liked Keenan Thompson. He's he's my David Koechner. He's who oh, I would okay. uh, who I would yeah. give. And I I I'm not a huge fan of him, but like I actually liked him. I liked him. I liked his role. I did not expect to. As soon as I saw him, I'm thinking he this he's going to be so corny and over the top. But he was a little bit endearing to me. I liked him. And then lastly, I kind of liked how they actually attempted to get into like avionics and like technical details. I don't know if any of them were accurate, 
but I liked when they were having to go down and flip a circuit breaker or do this or do that and get the manual out and kind of talk about overcorrecting, yada, yada. Like, they could have just complete because the rest of the movie was so dumb that I guess I was just a little bit surprised that they kind of tried there. Well, they, can I just say one thing about that, though, that I find interesting <laughs> is they completely blew the the moment where that would have been most appropriate, where he's landing the fucking plane. Yeah. They don't do, cover any of that. Yep. You know, him like, well, here, you know, pull this lever and hit this switch to like, land, all he just lands and that's that. That would have given some nice tension to like but, that moment. Yeah, but, right? and, and I totally agree with you, but I think they could have just played that card the entire movie yeah, and, sure. and never gone into it. But they actually did try to here and there. So sure. good job. That's my that's my flip the script, um, you know. wasn't terrible. Okay, well, yeah, I'm not really gonna flip it because I really was right right down the middle. So I think this is um, when we can move on to uh, the themes in this movie. Um, so then now I think this is when we can move on to uh, character arcs, and maybe we'll just keep moving. Yeah. We'll sprinkle a few um, audience uh, reactions in, uh, audience reviews in as well, just to kind of round out. Um, I was kind of going for a joke there; it just didn't land at all. Oh, what? What? Sorry. Oh, it, it land. Just, it nice. Just, I was just trying to. Uh, oh, I was about I'm going to work on it, guys. No, I was about to say. I got the, the follow up no, pun. What I was, was going to say? What the yeah, fuck are you talking about? The first pun was character arcs. No, I was just saying things. that this movie had none of <laughs> any of these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it did. Yeah. No, I was just. I, was, I made a terrible fucking joke. Hey, okay? let's go really back 30 seconds joke. and live in that time. That's a really, really bad I'll joke. I'll cut this out. So out. anyways. Don't you do it. Let's Don't cut this no. out. talk I would never. about themes, because Brian has things to say. Well, I think working together for survival. It's a classic mm-hmm. sort of uh, monster movie, and mm-hmm. you've get a, you got everyone coming together from yep. all different walks of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Come together to, to, to overcome it. I think that's a theme. And I think a, a side theme to that is that everyone, everyday people can become heroes. Uh, no, I think this plane should have gone down. Samuel Jackson would have grabbed the kids and the small dog and uh, just jumped out and flown, like grown wings and flown to the ground. I think it would probably would have made it a lot better. Wait, so are you saying that those weren't the themes in the movie? Or no. are you saying nope. what you'd rather it... I would rather... That would have been a better theme, just to save the day kind of oh, thing. Oh, well, sure, no. there could have been better themes. I guess I was just trying to recognize what the themes were. I can't believe you found one. You don't think those are themes? No, I just can't believe you found one. I'm impressed. No. Well, so, I tried. I'll give you I, I spent <laughs> I'll a lot of time today. I cleared my. I cleared a lot of my afternoon, and that's what I came up with. <laughs> I thought the theme was uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good theme. That seemed to be the theme. And that's a fine theme. It yeah. is. It's a fine theme. I don't know you've got the you got the girl with sucking out the poison, and you got the 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 rapper guy and his goons kind of coming together and shedding sort of their archetypes, and kind of all everyone works together. I don't know. Well, these are I think now we're getting to arcs, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the rapper guy is the first arc I had. He well, I mean, he seems to be the 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 biggest arc, the biggest arc, right? Yeah. Right, and and I think it's worth noting. You know, we haven't really said this yet, but this is a movie that has so many characters. And introduces so many characters so quickly. It's like it's difficult to develop any characters well when you've got thirty-five of them, and they're all caricatures too. Right. Well, they have to be. Yeah. Because there's just you can't do a, develop any nuance. Well, they have to be because it's basically a Michael Bay movie. I mean, I feel like Michael Bay ghost directed this. <laughs> uh, it very much screams uh, if Michael Bay made a a movie about snakes on a plane with with like one quarter of the budget that he normally has. Yeah, that's take the, the, that's the feel of this take movie. the basic characters of a you know. Uh, stewardess and a rapper and a you know pilot and a fbi agent and all these and just crank them to 11 yeah yeah i, I like how keenan thompson goes from regular guy to like 
kind of steps up and gains his courage and like flies the plane. I mean, that's that's somewhat of an arc. Yeah, video games are the best, right? Yeah. They'll save lives. Flight simulators. Video, video games save lives. <laughs> the only only other one I had, and I had a question mark after this, and I feel like I, I'm not sure if this is one or not, but um, Samuel L. Jackson learns to see his suspect as a human being. That, I mean, yeah. I you're stretching that a little it's bit. It's a stretch. I mean, he did go stretch. surfing with him at the end. That was a blast yeah. him in the chest with a 45 at the end. Well, as well. it was planned. Planned? Well, yeah, really yeah, the, the bulletproof jet vest. Yeah, but I mean, aim that thing a quarter of an inch higher, yeah. and you're popping his little head off. So I did. I did actually. Very good. He's very he is good very good. He's very good with with his heater. But I, I, I will well, say, I, just, I did find that funny. I laughed out like just a tiny bit at how hilarious it was that he just shot him in the chest and he flew out the back of the or the front of the plane. I was confused. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, it shocked me. I was and, like, what? Wait. Yeah. Uh, what? That might have been the most shocking part. Then they immediately ripped his shirt open, and they had to make sure they showed uh-huh. that, yeah. I've got, more, I've got more thoughts about Samuel Jackson's gunsmithing, but uh, that's for we can save that. So that's all I had for themes and character arcs. They're weak. You, I, you could identify them. You know, they're there. Well, that takes us, um, that takes us to one place. Before we get to that place, though, uh, just want to remind everyone you're listening to, according to my notes, pretty old, pretty old mess. Um, <laughs> you're you're here with Brian and Grizz and Ben, and we are talking about snakes on a plane. We are sponsored by Pacifico Clara in a can. We're headed to a special place right now, and it's a place that we um, we hold near and dear to our hearts. We don't know what's in this place. It's apparently open twenty four seven. I don't know what they're selling or what they're doing. <laughs> but, but this place. It's called Brian's Corner. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Brian's Corner, everybody. <laughs> we recently had a fountain soda machine installed, and we will make you a suicide if you'd like. Ooh. So, Wow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just keep, keeps getting better and better over here. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk about plane, planes, if you will, since, you know, that's kind of one of the main characters of this movie. Or one I of, guess one of two. Yep. Uh, one of two. Yep. <laughs> Snakes and planes. <laughs> uh, let's talk about planes. Um... Uh, just a, just a, a quick question for the room. Um, what, what's the best scene involving a plane? This was going to be an icebreaker, but it felt a little bit too topical. Uh, just 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 to get us warmed up talking about planes. What's the be- not not in this movie? Just what's what's the best scene involving a plane? Any kind of plane, any kind of movie. Just give me a just throw a scene out there. I'll start. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um, the have you seen Air Force One? Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where Gary Oldman is, it's it's Gary Oldman versus Harrison Ford. It's super intense. They're up up on the top deck of the Air Force One, and he's got the gun just in, right in Harrison Ford's neck, and it's that th- that is such a powerful scene that takes place on that on that plane right there. But I, that's a, that's my honorable mention. I'd say the best the best scene in recent memory involving a plane is the the Halo jump on Mission Impossible. Um, Ghost Protocol? No, not Ghost Protocol. Fallout. Fallout. Uh, the one take of the uh, the Halo jump uh, um, out of that crazy plane over Paris. Uh, I got to go with uh, those are great picks. Thanks. And I just recently watched uh, Fallout again uh, for a little bit. But I, I recommended it to my dad, and he gave it three thumbs up. Three thumbs yes. up. I don't know if there's a max, but he What's sent his... that a few times. What's uh, his, uh, as he watched it and progressed through the movie. Where's the thumb coming from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was very excited. He loves Tom Cruise. Uh, but uh, the other is, I've never actually seen um, Air Force One. 
Ooh. And I'll awkwardly slowly raise my hand and I'll put it on my list to watch recently. Oh, but, there's no shame, but that's a strong recommend. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. But uh, my vote for best plane scene has to go to Castaway oh. and that FedEx flight and him just like that nightmarish moment as he knew he was going down and like just getting around the plane and then just crash. It's just, it was awesome. I think that was my answer for best plane crash. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, so good. great yeah. scene. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go probably any of the scenes with um, Affleck and Pearl Harbor. I thought he, he just killed it. Um, I think he's a, he, he looks like a world war two pilot and he Boom. wears that jacket with the kind of the bomber jacket with the, the hairy collar. Do we have a sound really effect for for sarcasm? Yeah, I can't. Well, I can't tell how thick he's laying that on. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the rim shot? You can't hear it. Well, yeah. Sorry, guys. I, I'm, not, I'm not landing really well. Okay, okay. I, I saw right through that. I okay, guess, I was I worried. Mean, I guess you guys do know I do like somewhat unironically Michael Bay. So I guess maybe it would be a stretch that that would be a real answer or possible answer. But And, you know, it could be any kind of plane, an F-35, you know, F-14. Paper you know, airplane. Whatever. Yeah, paper. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no need to belabor. Just wanted to kind of get us thinking planes. Not the movie planes, but thinking about planes. Okay? Are we good? Do Can we, I say Do you want to answer? Yeah, Ben, what do you got? Uh, mine's Bridesmaids. Oh, oh shoot. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So like, good. There's a so colonial funny. woman on the airplane, on the wing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very fun. It's so good. I could rewatch yeah. Kristen Wiig on that plane over and over. I it's forgot so about that. Good. When she keeps getting kicked back to like, yeah. coach. coach yeah. She comes in with the, sungla- <laughs> with the sunglasses. Are we, re- are we ready to move to go? Should I give a real was, answer? I don't know. You don't have go to. No, forward. no. Yeah, no, no. I'll give I'll give a real answer. I think, um, I don't know, Con Air, maybe. <laughs> yeah. There you go. What movie? scene, though? The whole thing. No. When he throws, give me something. When he throws Dave Chappelle out the window, out the plane. Uh, that's fun. I mean, I guess you know, just the whole crash is pretty fun. I don't know. Uh, you know, Fight Club's got a great plane scene too. But we've yeah. covered that one too. That's a plane crash, I guess. Well, but, but uh, you could be talking about their conversation about soap, which is also really oh, right. a great scene. Oh, too. that is a, yeah, so. that is a great scene. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, okay. we, we have belabored, and that's, well, uh, that's a lot fine. of that's, that's my fine. fault. So I think that'll make this next, the actual meat of Brian's Corner go quicker. I just want to talk about a couple of p- movies um, that mostly take place on passenger airlines. Um, there, there are a handful of, you know, very well-known movies, and I'd say maybe 80% of the movie takes place on, a, on some sort of a passenger air, airline, whether it's a, a, a prison transport, as in Con Air, or, you know, a commercial uh, flight. I just want you guys, when I rail these off, give me a rating out of 10 on, on how, go, how good of a movie this is. Airplane. If you yep. haven't seen it, just say I haven't seen it. Eight. Seven. Okay. I need to watch it again. I, th- I think I'd say six. Executive decision. Mm, Eight. No clue. You haven't seen it? No. Never even heard of it. Stru- what is it? Uh, executive decision, mid '90s. Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal gets dies in like the first executive kill, decision, which is like unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. Steven Seagal. He, like, apparently, there was a great fight with the director and Mr. Seagal because he was trying to talk his way into yep. not dying. Dang, it's okay. it's actually a, I'm I'm gonna give it like an eight eight and a half maybe. It's a Whoa. great movie. Okay, wow. Air Force One. We've already talked. You haven't seen that. Got to give it a shot. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna go nine on Air Force One. Yeah, eight. Damn. Okay. Con Air. Nine. 
Yeah, I have to say nine, too. Right. Eight, I do love eight, that movie. 8.9. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> Just because I didn't good. want to say the same answer. I'm glad you're close. Uh, Red Eye. Red Eye. I feel like I saw that. I feel like it came out the same time as Snakes on a Plane, right? Maybe? Uh, yeah, Killian like, Murphy, uh, 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 old chick from The Notebook. What's I her name? I vaguely remember. Uh, McAdams. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McAdams. I don't remember. Five, maybe six. I vaguely That's funny. Yeah, I, I I have also seen it, and I can't even remember a yeah. thing about it. Yeah. I can't even tell you. I remember I remember liking it, but I, it was kind of forgettable. So I'm gonna probably go five. And then this is the one we, you may not have seen, but I only put it on here because I just thought maybe there's something wrong with me that I haven't seen this flight plan with Jodie Foster. I haven't seen it. Okay, let's just skip. It sounds that. familiar. Let's just no. skip it. Last one, Passenger Fifty Seven. Oh fuck yeah, nine. Passenger Fifty Seven. That sounds familiar mid-90s. too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I go eight. I saw this at a friend's house when I was 13, and I got in trouble when my parents found out that I saw it, and I wasn't allowed to go to their house for like six months, but that kind of wore off, you know? Sure. And I remember it being like... Six months? That's I remember a long it being time. like way more rated R than I was ready for. And yeah, super worth it. To me, it was like forbidden fruit, so like... Mm. And I haven't seen it since, so I'm going to ignorantly give it a nine. That's a good movie to get in trouble for. Yeah, it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, really right? good one. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me at, at Brian's Corner. Uh, I'll be handing out uh, suicides for the next hour, and then it's going to be adult swim after that, and then slow backwards skate later. All right. <laughs> this has been Brian's Corner. <laughs> and you are listening to Critical Mess, and we are talking about snakes on a plane. And, you know, this is that point in the show where you know it's the it's, it's the time where we get to the the segment that everyone listens for. I think people don't people pretty much they tell us that they just skip ahead usually the first 40 to 50 minutes just to get to this episode or to this point in the episode. And then they usually just play it over and over and over and over again yeah. because it's just so insightful and just kind of full of wisdom and and also just kind of glee and and just and just good things. There's been a lot of memes started from 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 this. You're right. We are very good at what we do. We are. We are. Um, and you may know this segment by maybe a, a few different names. Um, to some, it's known as Crossfire. Crossfire. You'll get up in it. To others, <laughs> it might be known as... <laughs> I'm so glad we added that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> Rapid Fire. Yeah. I'm not playing the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> but to most people, most people know it by a, a simpler name. And that's slow burn. Slow burn. That's because we burn it slow. We might be burning it from both ends, but we burn it slow. And I think we're just going to jump right into slow burn here tonight. I know we probably all have a thing or two to yap about, but um, I'm going to start with, with something here. Um, and just remember... Slow burn, guys. Something that happened right at the beginning of the film. Red Bull, product placement. Mm. First two seconds. Bam. How much you got to pay to get in the first two seconds of the movie? Damn. Like, that is, like, some serious product placement. That was in, like, frame 10. Did in they? The, do you think they knew their audience? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, look at Red Bull today. It's an institution. Yeah. And their marketing is actually unorthodox and really, really ingenious. Um, I, I actually had here, by the seven-and-a-half-minute mark... Red Bull had three completely separate product placements in three completely separate scenes. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I very much noticed. It didn't bother me. It was fine. Yeah, it was, I, just it, I mean, it worked. It was, it was notable. It, it all tied together. 
Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Guy riding his dirt bike, drinking a Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Tracks. Hell yeah. That definitely tracks. Got two cases of warm Red Bull next to a CRT TV mm-hmm. in his apartment. Nothing yeah, there's like no him. reason to hydrate on a bike in the middle of the jungle of Hawaii. Yep. <laughs> Good thing we're not trying to get sponsored by Red Bull. Sorry, Red so, Bull. So here's here's an, here's an interesting point about this movie. that I, This happens in movies sometimes, and I actually think it's kind of a, a cool thing to do and kind of a risky thing to do, and this movie did it. And that was having the the inciting incident of the movie be the very first scene of the movie. We don't have any other expo- any exposition before the inciting incident, the thing that drives all the action of the film, the you know murder of this guy by this gangster. And I hated that. Did you made did it you? feel like a, a TV show? It did because you had to get it yeah because yeah. you have to be more economical with your time on a TV show. Mm-hmm. You don't have ninety yeah. minutes; you got thirty. And one of the great things about movies is the first act. I, I love the first act of movies. You, you just, it's the sky's the limit. You never know where you're going, you know, and this movie didn't feel like it had one. There's just no character building. Yeah. Like there's yeah. literally just zero, zero character building. Yeah. Right. Well, it's because, and there's, you don't there's know so who many. these people are. You don't know why they're trying to kill him. Yeah. The main guy who see, who sees the, the, the guy get killed, he is, there is no character. He has, he's no. just like this, like, okay, he rides dirt bikes and he surfs. Like, neat. C- can I see him like in his everyday life or like who his friends are or anything? So I, I, that's a good call out. Yeah, I just thought that was that was interesting. And it's also interesting that like because we had no exposition at all before that, that inciting incident scene like had to do some exposition work that was very awkward. So it was like, you know, the guy getting killed was like, fuck you, Eddie Kim. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> like oh, well, oh, that's Eddie, that's Eddie Kim. Kim. We're supposed to know. Oh, oh it's the high and mighty prosecutor. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Like, it's like, was... who talks like that? Like, no one talks like that. That's yeah. ridiculous. And they had to do that because they just didn't, you know, do anything beforehand to build that up. So it was just, that was just an interesting thing. Um, Brian, earlier you brought up that the, um, your, your favorite character in the movie, how did you refer to him? The Xanax guy, Xanax guy, yeah. When he offered the dog the Xanax, yeah, just a plus. Yeah, that was that got it. Just a yeah. ear to ear smile. I, I just I, I I appreciate someone who has Xanax on, on tap and ready to go for you. I mean, that's just a buddy. That's just a friend. Yeah, they care about you. Yeah, he was he was great. Um, funny how they reference a eBay bidding war, you know, and <laughs> oh, for, did a, they? for a Pamela Anderson poster. Oh yeah. It was yeah. like the uh, the the guy that got you know like the agent that had gotten promoted. He had the desk job now. I forget his name. Yeah. Um, but that's just funny that you know at this at this time when this movie came out, um, which what year was this again? Two thousand six. Um, you know that eBay bidding wars. You know it's still you know still a thing. It's still a thing. YouTube was one year old, and the iPhone would come out one year later. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. That's Crazy. that's why my favorite quote about the taking a picture of the snake. That's why it's so like interesting because it's like a time capsule. Such a time capsule. Like, yeah, right. They're like, take a picture of the snake, and you're like, and then we're gonna process the right. photo, a Jiffy <laughs> photo, and you know, like that's such a time capsule. It, yeah, it it's is, hard. It it's, it's hard. This movie did it a lot. There were a lot of moments that were just super specific to cell phones, printing, like the internet, email, all this stuff. It just. Yeah. It's almost like he expected that he expected him to say like, "No, idiot, we're going to upload it to my Flickr account." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mentioned some yeah. major photo sharing <laughs> software. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, this was just a, kind of a small thing when I'm calling out because I thought it was weird. It was just a weird scene. Remember when they went through all the pre-flight instructions? It was yeah. just like a normal plane. Like I nothing happened in that scene. It was just odd. They spent like a minute or two just like going through normal pre-flight instructions, like a flight attendant would do. I think I, I especially was averse to that because I had the day before l- literally just gotten off 
uh, two fl- flights with a layover, and I had seen sure. that so I know. many times. What a so silly! Like, I don't know, why why they are they showing this that? whole thing? Like on that. Tommy Boy, they show it because it's funny. Right? They had like a bit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. on this, it's just like they're adding nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. that guy's supposed to be gay. This person's annoyed. But yeah, it was. It's why are they still going? That was that should have been on the cutting room floor. Uh, Grizz, this one is for you, buddy. Sam Jackson's watch. Did you get a peek at it? Uh, I did. It looked like some sort of Richard Mill. It was something baller. Yeah. It was something it, an FBI agent sure as hell can't afford. Absolutely sure. not. Uh, it did look like that, like a, a Turbion, Rashad Mill. Like, those are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wait a minute. Aren't they FBI agents in Bad Boys? Yeah. Dude's got a fucking Porsche, doesn't he? Or oh my Lambo gosh, Brian. We got as, into this like five as, times. But I'm just telling yeah, you, as, like, as, you as, don't as, know his backstory. That's completely yeah. explained. He, but it, you don't, he, it might be explained here. He could be a, a trust fund baby. It's not, though. Mike it's Lowry not, is not a, a trust single, fund child, and that is very clearly explained. <laughs> not a single line was explaining that half a million dollar watch on his wrist, unless it was fake, which would be funny. But it's Samuel Jackson. It's 2006. He probably had a shit ton of money. He was like, I'm going to wear my watch today. <laughs> and he just wore it. Yeah, he did. But honestly, Nick, uh, I didn't care to look at anyone's wrist in this movie, especially his. I just didn't care enough in this movie. So, While we're on the, the subject of uh, Nick cracking open another delicious... Sweet, sweet sponsor. Pacifico Colada. In a can. Uh, while we're on the topic of Sam Jack, um, uh, since when did they start training FBI agents to shoot the leg? Did you guys notice that in the beginning? Two deliberate shots to the legs of the two perps that come in. Oh yeah, and that little hat, like the the hat, like the badass little shootout he had in the yeah. apartment. He did act. That was kind of awesome. But but no one is trained to shoot somebody in the leg. They shoot center mass. Yeah, center yeah. mass. Put two in the center mass, regardless. Yep. So I thought that was just you know, and I'm not the type of guy that knows about guns and knows about how do they work and how to shoot, but I do know that much. Slow burn. <laughs> burning it slow. Um, and we are burning it slow. I really want to hear uh, three G's big hit, booty go thump. Mm. I was disappointed that we didn't get any um, any exposure. That should have played track. in the credits instead of that stupid ass Cobra Starship. What was that? We're gonna get to that video. Okay, yeah. Uh, sorry, that? little teaser. Booty go thump would have actually. Booty go thump would have gone hard. Yeah, would have gone super hard. Go thump. I know. I was like, I need that track in my life. <laughs> Yesterday. Any time anytime <laughs> some kind of like deep bass track plays when I'm watching a, a movie on my home theater in the basement, it gets me happy because it, like the neighbors can hear it. And I didn't get it. Here's an 06 throwback you don't see too much anymore. Whale Tales. What do we think about that? What's that? Oh, yeah. Mm. Is, that like, is that like the junior flip? What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, that's a whale tail? <laughs> Man, you guys <laughs> were you in 2006. You guys in you your dick root and your whale tail this and your my, junior flip. Yeah, this is prime this is time just for basic me. popular culture. Dude, yeah. I went to fucking IPS for 13 years, okay? We had different words we used. There were plenty of whale tails at IPS, buddy. But yeah. we didn't call them that. Yeah, I'm, I, it, well, regardless. Anyway, you guys went to rich kid school, that, so that explains that. But yeah. <laughs> Where they had whales. <laughs> Wait, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> what was the question? That was it. No. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I approve. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a site. You just don't. Uh, when, sure. when did that that died? And it it has definitely not come back. Good point. Yeah. yeah you, I mean, you can go back. go to every mall in all all fifty great states of this country. You. I don't think you're going to see many whale tails in 2023. No. Anywho. No. Anywho, you'll see them in snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane. Um. Let's just talk about the 
just all the kind of um, snake bites. And let me, get, let me get my notes. There's a lot of genital biting. Uh-huh. A lot of genital biting. Boob biting. These snakes are going after the juicy parts. Yeah. Can I, can do, you I just... to, do you want me to rattle them off real quick? Because <laughs> yeah, I wrote yeah. many of them down. Could you rattlesnake them off for us? We had hey. a boob bite, a dick bite, a tongue bite, an eye socket bite, and then a bite to the heart. And then there was a nice, gruesome high heel to the eyeball, or the ear, the ear. Did you say uh, butt bite, too? Yes, yeah, okay. there was a butt bite. Yeah, sorry, butt bite, and then they the kids are like all. It's just can can I just say I really appreciated how the dick bite was just an insta kill. <laughs> like I, like he was like he was immediately dead. Yeah. His dick got bit. That's, he what, was dead. that's what would happen. Let's be honest. <laughs> Fucking dead. You, you would have a heart attack and keel <laughs> yeah, over dead. Yeah. That's what would happen. Yeah, shock. No saving that man. Shock took that man down quick. <laughs> I I j- just real quick on that guy thoughts thoughts on exclaiming out loud. How's my big boy? Right before you take a leak. Yeah, I liked it. You, do you do do you do you do that? I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, yeah I for should sure. start. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind just of between <laughs> me and myself and my dick. It's kind of like yeah. a, like, a, like a like a like a sort of a wholesome healing kind of a, a oh way to treat. Well, I always treat start yourself. with like how's my, and then just come with a, a new kind of moniker. Okay. Damn it, this yeah. movie's right. so bad. I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna really. start. I'm gonna start wearing a whale tail and <laughs> greeting. <laughs> If you don't wear a thong to the next Frisbee game on Monday night, I'm going to be upset. You'll never know. The other thing I was going to say was, I'm sorry, but, 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 the, but the nipple bite, like it was like Chekhov's gun. Like She busted those things out, and there's snakes coming down, and I'm thinking to myself, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be disappointed. So good job delivering. Also, shout out to Taylor, right. Taylor Kish. I mean, I thought he was going to be the next live you know, action star of the, that era, and then he just disappeared. I was shocked to see him in this movie. Gone. Gone. <laughs> He's not dead. Forever. He's gone, but ever forgotten. Uh, there were some gnarly kills in this movie. Uh, yeah. One of the gnarliest, I thought, um, that I'll just throw out here, was the the high heel to the ear. Yeah. I, I That one really struck me as, as very painful looking. That yeah. did feel very real, and it, it hurt me. It's quite there, visceral. There was a lot of, cr- like, sort of, like, chill deaths. Like, ugh. Yeah, I thought I thought kind of that that scene where the kind of um, you know everyone is freaking out and scrambling to get to the front of the plane. It's like this kind of panic pandemonium scene. That was actually like a really good like crazy tense scene. It's like, like Train was, to Busan. Yeah, yeah, there was a similar a similar thing. Um, also, the flight attendant, or they all as a group had to take all the luggage, and it took them a really long time. If you notice to stack all the luggage. And then the flight attendant notices there's a baby in the other side, and she takes all of it down in like 16, you know, a millisecond, and jumps over it and goes in. Well, to be fair, that lady was an absolute boss. I yeah, mean, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I had Incredible. in my notes uh, the lady that saved the baby um, heart symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, how do you lose your baby? Like, you died. You got bit in the face by a she, snake. She probably. didn't. Oh, she didn't. No, she's in. I think the she rest got, of the movie. Well, she got like trampled and kicked. It was a stretch. It's chaotic. Yeah, it was a stretch. Yeah. Let's talk about John. You guys remember who John was? No. Nope. Mm. John was Samuel L. Jackson's partner. Oh, my God. Why did, <laughs> why did we care about him? Why was he, his death so sad? Because he was the bravest man that the biggest badass of all time ever knew. Okay, I'm, that must have just passed me by. Please explain. And he, ex- he explains that. Samuel L. Jackson explains that early on in the film. This is, he says something very similar to that line. Something like, this is the bravest guy I know. Okay. Something like that. My grandma says that, too, about me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's fair. But this is coming from, you know, 
Samuel Jackson. Yeah, so, and that's I mean, your, no disrespect that's to Grams. Yeah, but I just, Samuel I, Jackson. I just had no connection to when he was dying, and it was like sad, and everyone. Well, can just I like, just point what? out that what? the bravest man, the biggest badass ever knew, is killed by the only thing he fears: the the snake. Oh, and I and actually I don't as a, as a wordsmith. I don't remember the word. But I can't I can't come up with it right now. But there's Kismet. a word. It, no, the, <laughs> the word that's uh, you know uh, fear of snakes. It's a it's a it's a oh. weird one. Crossfire. Something yeah, I think like that, that was it. It was something like that. Um, anyway, um, shameful. I can't remember it. But regardless, they used that word in this movie, and I thought that was um, that was that was inter- to describe him. Okay. To describe John. You, you've um, uh, you've explained that to me. Now it makes sense now. Yeah. Um, and I and I did want to. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk uh, in this slow burn segment about you know Captain Rick, and um, you know who who came through with um, for me the most memorable line in the film. Um, where he says, if that happens, this bird goes down faster than a tie hooker. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was pretty classic. My second favorite line of the movie. Yeah, I just don't buy that he's still making those sex jokes as he's dying from being poisoned by a snake. I think that's kind of the brilliance of it, though. Mm. Yeah, to me. that's just his character. He's that devoted to his craft. Pure and through. Yeah. It's the only thing he knows and lives for. You had the same similar type of defense for... Uh, old girl uh, Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez in, in Resident Evil. And I just, mm. I don't know. I, it just takes me out of it because when people are really in this sort of life and death situation, I just don't think they're making jokes. I, I, Sex and violence, man, same part of the brain. Maybe dude. I need, maybe I just need to be. Have you guys ever almost died? <laughs> That's a real morbid question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just those three times now. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Um, I guess, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, ch- maybe I'll change my tune. If I'm ever up against my life flashing before my eyes, maybe I'll make a sex joke and I'll be like, "Oh, that's huh, how my no brain shit. works." <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I just want to talk about a sequence here that I think has to be addressed in this movie. <clears throat> so we start with the steward. So the guy gets um, the bodyguard, uh, Triple G's bodyguard, uh, gets bit in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get to a point where the steward tries to suck the poison out of the guy's ass. Um, cut to suffering child with a swollen, grossly swollen hand. Cut to a really gnarly pus bust. Mm. I respected the shit out of him putting that very, very serious pus bust. I agree. Just really just holding it, it on was it. was completely disgusting, but it was a really, really cool practical effect. Really? Really well done. Yeah. yeah, it was it was gross. Um, <laughs> oh man! So, to to me, okay. Now the the best part in the movie to me, the best part of this entire film, was the end of that sequence. So we're all a little preoccupied right now. No, I'm I'm tracking. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm we're listening. I'm listening. Yeah, sorry, I'm preoccupied. <laughs> so we're just watching the the. Maybe we should actually get to what what's happening on screen in well, another uh, slow burn segment. We, well, we had a we had a dog get thrown to a snake, and yes. the snake eats. That's my and least favorite part. I, of knew, that I knew that was coming, and that was one of, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. My favorite scene was the the five seconds after that. Yeah, when the guy then gets and that's part of my uh, my thought I had where this movie it it has too many karmic punishments. You you always know it's too predictable because you know if somebody says, for instance, "How's my you know how's my 
big do- dude doing, or how's my big boy when he's taking leak, right. or you've got the couple in the Mile High Club, or sure. the mean guy. All these people get killed right away, and it's like <sighs> almost immediately each yeah, time. Like it's just... so predictable. It's like, oh, the movie's telling us this is an asshole, and if you're an asshole, apparently you deserve to die. So, well, I enjoy anyway, dog I killers that. being executed by snakes. I'm into it. I think if a dog is killed instead of a human, I don't think that... that's what happened. Okay. I think he was being uh, just a. Just a bastard. I think he was trying to distract the snake. He's trying to slow down that snake to get into I, people. I, put it this way, I would not have thrown that dog, but I kind of like was surprised in a somewhat good way that they uh, movie actually went there. So, and I'm really just trying to get get at Nick as he. Gets <laughs> no, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not even going to go there. Um. Okay. Sorry. Good lord. We need to get back to. to I, I was breaking down a, a, a sequence. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Down a, sequence. A, a sequence. We, it will get there. Sequence me. Puss is busting. Puss is busting. It's disgusting. Puss, Puss is disgusting. busting. Cut to young mother sucking child's wound, and the bodyguard whose ass got bitten says, Now that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that yeah, was there, pretty messed up. Couple, there were a couple of those. Yeah. Where you're like, mm, Yeah. Nope. Oh, I, I was I exploded into laughter. I thought yeah. it was the funniest thing I saw. By, I thought it was the funniest moment of probably any movie we've watched. Why? Because it was just so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and and the the tonal shift was just so insane. Would you say you were laughing and on, at and it? It was so wrong on so many yeah. levels. Are we, so were you laughing at it? I don't know. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm not even sure. You were just laughing at the ab- the I, abrupt but I gave shift me a in tone. Hard belly laugh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's worth something. Yeah. It, I it, love a belly it, laugh. I paused the movie and laughed <laughs> for for a, a good 10 to 15 That's seconds. Incredible. So, anyways, it was wrong. It was weird, but it was fucking hilarious. I thought. Can we go tone real quick? Can we talk tone? Yeah, I think we need. I think to. we have okay. to. Um, I think that was probably one of the biggest problems I had with the movie. Uh, generally speaking, was the tone. Um, and I guess, let me just make my case for that. I think you can make a good, over-the-top, goofy, action, horror, thriller, whatever this was, um, if you do something unique and if it hits, if it nails the tone. And let me just rattle off some some comps, some comp movies. We, we like to sort of do comp movies here. In my opinion, <laughs> the following movies prove that you can make a movie like this that has an identity and is actually a good movie on its own. And this is my response to those people who said, well, this is just a B movie. You know, it doesn't have to be anything special. It's just entertaining. And, I, and here's my response is this list of movies that could have been that, but instead the people who made the movie thought to themselves, actually, I'm also going to make a good movie. Okay. Here's my case. And that Grizz, I love that you're nodding because I feel like you're going to track with this. Yes. Um, Already. I have I'll, movies in my head. Go. I'll say, and I'll say none of these movies I would rate highly because they're just dumb B movies. I'd rate them highly because they're good movies. So I'm just, and you don't have to agree with all of them. I'm just going to rail off some, some comps. Zombieland. Yep. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Absolutely. That's been a while. Yeah. Great movie. Beetlejuice. Fuck yes. I don't like any of these movies all that much. Arachnophobia. No. Uh, yeah. I, that was, I love that movie. I Gremlins. hate spiders. Yeah, grim ones. Holy shit! Actually, yes. actually, let's go back to Arachnophobia. That's a that's a that's a really good one because that is just straight up going hard into the spider creature creature movie, kind of like this. Can I, yep. can I just say something about Arachnophobia? Yeah, sure. I think it's important for me to say. Now, I saw Arachnophobia in the theater. Um, oh wow! And I would have been very young. Are you fifty? No, but um, this will maybe give some indication to my age, or maybe not. Um, I I had to leave. Mm. We had we had to leave. We had to go because it was. 
too much. I was I was very afraid. Yeah, it's oh, in fact yeah. oh, the funny yeah. thing is I kind of liked spiders before that. Oh man, like I thought like I had books on spiders and I thought spiders were cool, and then oh. after that movie, just I, I had arachnophobia. Yeah, is that a thing yeah. of the nineties for boy? Like I had spider books too. I love. I hate mm. spiders. I think they're disgusting. They're awful. And then I saw that movie and I was like, man, they're really fucked up. But I, I love that movie. I, I love sp- my head loves spiders. My heart doesn't. Like, I think they're really cool, mm-hmm. and I like that they just leave me alone, and they kill all the other bugs. Right. But Smart. But goddamn, when I see a spider, I'm just like, fuck! <laughs> and it, well, it's because they're just like little dismembered hands. Yeah, that are just, just not right. <laughs> oh, shit, that's but, great. <laughs> let's, let's give arachnophobia some credit. If it was able to really make you afraid of spiders, I don't think snakes on a plane did that. Now, I'm not five. I'm, yeah, you know, was, yeah, exactly. I'm a like, certain age that I was I'm, like eight or something. Like, it was, yeah, it was, I was young. Uh, okay, so arachnophobia. Gremlins. You know, Absolutely. No, Gremlins is a classic. Sean Christ- the- wait, sorry, Christmas movie? Christmas movie? Criminals? I think there's Christmas a Christmas movie. There's a- yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes, I'm going yes too, but I, I think some people cr- disagree with that. Well, I think Christmas plays into the plot. Uh, yes. It's not just yes, a it setting. Does. So. It's a key part of the plot. Yeah, that's a good point. Sh- uh, sh- in sorry, the same way Die Hard is. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think yeah, Christmas plays into the to the plot of Die Hard as well. Maybe to a lesser extent, but I think yeah. you can make the argument. Yeah. I think if Christmas music is in the soundtrack, you're a Christmas movie. Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Scott Pilgrim, I haven't seen it. Haven't Need seen it. it. I know. Oh, I know. Scott I've, I've, heard, I've heard lots of people say it is. It is. It's a. It's a beautiful. I've heard movie. Chris, Chris yeah. Evans is it. Chris uh, Evans. Yeah. Remember we were talking about great Chris Evans as a guy, right? villain. Yeah. Uh, Sean. Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim is, is yeah. a great example. Men in Black. Yeah, classic. Yeah. An American Werewolf in Paris. Mm. Sorry, London. Paris. Uh, Paris. Oh, Paris. 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 Yeah. Mm. No, it's London. No, London. London. <laughs> the John Landis movie. It's Something's in Paris. London. Yeah. Indifferent. An American Werewolf in London. Yeah. American Werewolf. Uh, that's, a, that's just kind of an interesting movie. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I think it's it is a good a, movie. It's I think a it's a good movie. It is a classic movie. It's, a, it's another movie that is tonally weird. Right, right. And, and the last one I'll say, Army of Darkness. And I've actually not seen Army of Darkness. Oh, um, I just watched or, it. Or, or I, I've seen it, but I it was like... It, it chopped into parts and late at night, and I don't remember it. I've yeah, never seen that. Um, okay, so I reason I compiled that list was because I feel that that list comprises of movies that are each one of them unique, um, artfully done to in a certain extent, creative, and they also are adjacent to the genre of snakes on a plane. They're either creature movies or horror action thrillers or um, just crazy, goofy, over-the-top movies, and they're kind of set out to be that way. But this is my this is my sort of TED talk on you can make a movie in this genre and it can be good. And Snakes on a Plane does not belong on this list. Now, Nick, I know you disagreed with several of those beginning ones, and I'm not saying this is objectively right, but yeah, this is I just kind point. of I just want to sp- wanted to speak to the tone of the movie and that yeah. it was a big pitfall. So yeah, no, I get it. Uh, here's a little one. The Venom specialists would have been a really good cameo opportunity. Why did they not put some fun character actor in that role instead of that dude? I don't even know who that dude was. Was he in like High uh, Fidelity or something? He's yeah, always I've like seen the, the him before, and I don't mean to roommate. slight you, sir, but like he's he's not like he just wasn't the the uh, give me like Steve Buscemi or something. Yeah, who you was know? it? Oh, like someone who just pops up at like the middle end of Act Two, you know, kind of yeah. like a, that kind of character. It should be a good cameo. I think that's a perfect cameo. It's a perfect cameo ca- role, character. and they missed it. They yeah. missed it. The Venom guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. I did not dislike him, but I agree that it was an opportunity missed. They could have gotten the even the guy from uh, we just watched um, the Gray Man. The guy that was in that photo studio, he was yes. weird and quirky enough that it was good for that quick little scene, and he was kind of like twisty, weird, and then yeah. Oh no, he should have been a. Is it Peter Stormare? 
Is that who's the guy no. that's always the Russian guy? Oh, oh yes, yes, that's his, that Ooh. is Peter Stormare. Yeah, sorry, yes. Do you think he would have worked yeah. in that role? That could have been fun. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, like the Russian snake venom guy, or even just yeah. like the the really nerdy guy who knows everything about snake bites, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Don't touch that. That's his anti venom for <laughs> special snake." It would have been good. Yeah, he could have pulled it off. I'm sure, he was making a Michael Bay movie at the time. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right, what else do we have here? Uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, kind of the email smartphone solution situation, which was just funny that that was such a kind of a novel thing at the time that this woman um, would have. And I'm going to give a shameless plug here. I, I have to. Um, her name, and my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. I can't remember her name. But um, that actress, her name was Mercedes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in something I just watched. Well, she was, you know what she was in? She played the same type you know, of character. You know what she's in? What, what? Oh, you know I didn't look it in. up. Oh, you know what she's in. She's in something that you really love. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it is, Ben? Yes, because I looked it up because I thought she was Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, that's oh, right. You know, she yeah. does look a lot a like very Alicia long time. Yeah. Like she, for the first act, I thought well, she was Alicia Silverstone. Uh, yeah, she looks a lot like her. A lot she like does. Her. Yeah. Sidebar, my favorite thing is when Ben catches the movie and he texts me the entire play-by-play <laughs> of the entire movie throughout <laughs> as he watches it. <laughs> What's she in? She's in Peep Show. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. Love Peep Show. Yes, yeah, Peep Show. Classic. Greatest show of all time. I've I've only watched it all the way through twice. Mm, that's not. That's like ten it's times. Not too enough. Few. That's not twice enough. more than I have. So. Yeah. Well, you should be like ten times. Shout out to Christine Hudson, a fellow Peep Show lover who just uh, <laughs> started working with us again. Yep. Yep. Greatest show ever. Well, uh, Seinfeld. But. Okay. What else? What else do we have here? Jeez. Okay. Oh, this is a, we and we just saw this on screen. We got a little distracted here, but I think we would be a little remiss if we didn't discuss the kind of the snake eating the guy whole, the giant python eating that sort of annoying. What was he British or he, like, he had some sort of accent? Yeah, he was like a, a pretentious sort of businessman. Yeah, yeah, and just getting swallowed whole by this. I mean, how many times on Earth do you think that's like actually happened to a human that they just got swallowed whole by a absolute gigantic python? It's happened Six a couple times. times. Couple Maybe times. seven. Well, I feel like it's probably uh, happened it's a, a lot more than I'm that. I'm going to say a lot more than Especially, that. Especially, <laughs> I hate to say it, but probably like babies and kids and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. The, the I don't even want to think about that. My thing yeah. is, where do those, those big-ass snakes come from? Because like... Just hell. They were all... They, they were supposed <laughs> to come out of... depths of hell. Those lays, right? Oh, yeah, oh you're like, talking about in the movie? Yeah. No. I think Wait, the lays weren't, were. Weren't they all in the all in the lays? The lays had the pheromones. They were like in a separate compartment. Yeah, they were in like separate. I actually, separate, I actually yeah, kind of missed the mechanism of where the snakes yeah, so were. So I talked. Me and Ben talked about this a little bit, and like I vaguely remember, like it blew out of a box, like it exploded out of a box inside right. the airplane. They sprayed the pheromones on the lays, right? right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then snakes. I think just they started... were in the boxes with the lays. Right. That's oh, what were I they thought. In the same boxes? Yeah, I think they were. I thought okay. they were too, but then like. Huge ass snake started like it's a big box. Okay, this is Critical Mess. Uh, we're talking snakes on a plane. We are sponsored tonight by Pacifico Clara <laughs> in a can. Mm, Pacifico, and we love it. See, these are the kind of ad reads you get. If I'm gonna, you, you know, guys. Us. I'm gonna start writing some ad reads. I think we need to, to just up our game a little Nick, bit. Nick, I would yeah. love to hear. I'm gonna oh, some ad spots from you. Oh. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna sponsor one of these days somehow, guys. God willing. Uh, the music. I want to cover the music. Uh, what did we think of the music, guys? I thought it had a actually kind of a um, important role to play in sort of the tonal 
stuff we've talked about in this movie. It was very cinematic, yeah. dramatic, orchestral music. Uh, there wasn't like I don't think unless I missed it, hardly like any popular music outside of the intro song. I could, I mean, I couldn't have told you what the soundtrack was to this movie. It was just all kind of, you know, like uh, poor man's Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Kind of. Well, stuff. Trevor Radin is literally poor oh, man's Hans yeah. Zimmer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was way too melodramatic and Michael Bayi. And remember that list of movies I read in tone? None of those movies had soundtracks like this. Those movies had more kind of like the Danny Elfman kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, kind of more whimsical sort of actiony vibes. And this was like, Melodramatic. Didn't like. It, it was. It was definitely interesting. It was notable. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know how I felt about it. I thought it was kind of weird, but also just it was. It was different um, for this kind of movie, at least. So worth calling out. Uh, another th- little thing I want to touch on. I was kind of. I kind of appreciated how dark this movie got, it, and I think that kind of maybe played into my score being higher <laughs> than your guys's. This movie, like, it went to some dark places, kind of. Um, like example. Um, a child. Suffering deeply. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, you know. I, I, I think there was there was several examples of that kind of thing where, or people, or another one was, uh, or the dog thing. Yeah, or or when the staircase collapsed and everyone's trying to run upstairs and people are just getting impaled, you know, yep. by these, you know, basically spikes and glass. That was my thing know? about the about the the movie slightly getting better. It like almost kind of. It's like all right, maybe when maybe this isn't a goofy movie. Maybe this is like a genuine earnest suspense action thriller movie because it kind of ended that way yeah yeah right yeah i did not yeah. expect it to go there i thought it was just going to turn into campy schlock that was like funny and fun and no it was like a dramatic movie it was kind of surprisingly dark yeah i thought in a lot of ways so i, I feel know. like the person who made the movie looked at the end result and went oh that's kind of not really what i meant to make but okay yeah <laughs> who knows yeah, i would agree but with it, that for it, sure it exudes that so the stewardess um, the, and I don't remember her name, but sort of the main stewardess that kind of just falls deeply in love with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, kind Juliana of about two thirds, yeah, ju- yeah, yes, about two thirds through the um, through the film. Chris, I, I, are we buying it? Are we buying Chris, it? She, she was on the cover of Maxim yeah. back when I used to be a Maxim reader in like a Maxim you know, reader. This two thousand one. She's also the <laughs> Ma- I love that Maxim reader. Maxim reader. <laughs> reader. You got to the articles, guys. The star of no. uh, ER. Yeah. Oh man. She looks familiar. I couldn't tell you, yeah. but not to be confused, a Maxim reader, not a Maxim looker. Yeah. Got it. Okay. She, yeah, I was a Maxim reader. But guys, sidebar, real quick. We're watching the plane land as Sam Jackson and Keenan Thompson are trying to land this plane. But a very quick scene after they busted the window open or the door open and all the snakes are flying out, it showed the guy fully inside the boa constrictor fly out the window. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, we are also coincidentally trying to land this plane. So um I think um, one. Oh yeah, no. Let's let's finish that thought though. Are we buying it? Julianne Margulies deeply in love with Samuel L. Given his actions, um, buying or selling? I'll buy it. No, I'm a heavy, heavily buying. Yeah, heavy buying. Yeah, yeah heavy sell it hard. No, I think she's. I think he's the hero. He's the badass. He <laughs> saves the day. I mean, come on. How do you not fall in love yeah. with Sam? I fell in love with Sam, but I don't. I didn't buy her falling in love with Sam. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's three against one, though. So that's true. I think my second favorite quote after the tie hooker thing <laughs> was uh, "fuck Randy and his high score." Yeah, the brother. <laughs> that, yeah. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Keenan was fun. Yeah, I liked Keenan. 
Okay, so was it supposed to be surprising to us that Ken, the flight attendant, at the end was like had this hot girlfriend and was not gay? Like they were kind of like trying to build him up as like gay. That was just a weird. That was a distasteful, the distasteful like attempt to subvert expectations just because. Horrible, horrible. Yeah. yeah. F yeah. F minus on that hard attempt. pass. Yeah. Yep. No I pass. do. I do. I will just say this. We don't need to get into this, but I, I will say that I do like the concept. I almost hate to say this because I feel like I'm going to catch flack, especially from you, Grizz. I don't know why, but I can my see eyes the look are in your eyes right now. <laughs> I do respect the concept of an effeminate man not being gay because I feel like those things are always conflated. And it's like, just because you aren't the most hyper masculine man in the world, does that, does that, how does, why does that always play into sexual orientation? I, I, so maybe ridiculous. we just leave that there. In you my know. experience, some of the more effeminate, uh, more metro guys, they tend to have the, the, the most attractive women. That's my point, and that's why I don't think they did it well. They, but they, I, yeah, it was executed I, I do poorly. like that he just wasn't like, well, he's gay, and he's just completely gay, and he's a gay man, and yada, yada, yada. Like, it's like they that, tried that, something. That's what they do in Michael Bay movies. It's like, oh, you're sure. the gay guy, you're the black yeah, guy, you're right. the with this guy. And it's yeah. like, at least he wasn't gay. Not, I mean, not there's anything wrong with that at all. I'm just, I'm just saying, like <laughs> they didn't play so hard. That's not that there's anything. I, wrong I just, with I just that. hate when they, when they just over caricaturize a gay person because, like, it's yeah. like the the spectrum of effeminate masculine is is a whole complex thing, and it does not necessarily play into your orientation. I hate how people simplify all that. It's much more complex. Yeah, it was, it was just, yeah. it didn't. Didn't so didn't. good for them at least for that. They tried yeah, something. Is that but. very what is that forward thinking for 2006 for them to and try it, that out? Yeah, and that's probably why they they thought it was going to be such a subversion of expectations. And maybe it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, Brian, I bet you were especially pissed off about that final jump scare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want to say that anything. Just get your goat. Yeah, yeah. It it was the kind of really the only straight-ahead jump scare in the movie that I remember. Uh, there was another one where Samuel L. is um, going to go hit that breaker or something and some wires fall on him. It's very cheap. Okay. Jump scare. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked a lot about that in the last episode, so I, I didn't feel... But uh, yes, thank you. I did I did roll my eyes hard at that. Um, all right, I've just got one or two more things, but th- something I think i got to bring up, this was noted on the Wikipedia page about this movie, but... This is a quote from Samuel L. Jackson, from the, the real Samuel L. Jackson, not the, not the actor in this film. Um, the only reason I took this movie, the title. And I think this, this goes back to something we said toward the start of this episode about this you know, just being an a, a expertly titled film. And he did take this movie with not seeing a script, not knowing what other actors are attached to it or a director. He was like, I like the title, and I'm going to ride with it. Yeah, you can tell. Do you guys like when movies are sort of described completely by their titles? Yes. Or, or do you like more when it's nebulous, like like The Matrix? Where you're no, like, I, I, the well, I think this? both can work. I think both can yeah, work. Yeah, I think Whoa. both can work. Oh, <laughs> there it is. We almost made it. I know. We almost Holy did. shit. Oh, I, got, I got more. I got more. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. Oh, man. Because Kansas is going bye-bye. <laughs> one in for a major convention. We almost yeah. did it, guys. That was a good one. Someday we'll do Thanks. it. Someday we'll do it. Christmas present to us from from Brian. So you do like like this is the movie. Like, uh, you know, I can I I just like smart titles. Well, sure, and think, yeah. And I think it, and I think both ways can be a smart title. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, just like Final Destination, I think that's another. Yeah. Great, that's yep. a smart title. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, in a little bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like a smart title like that than I rather than 
just in your face. But this movie also was just all in your face, so it had to have that. Well, I think I think that actually was kind of like the, the 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 sort of the tone of the title very much parallels the tone of the film. It's just very it's it's, it's very face value. What you, you see is what, what you get. You know what word I hate in in a movie title? The word love. There mm. are so many movies with the word love. What's the first one that pops to mind? Love Actually. I know, me too. Mm-hmm. I don't know me why. Too. So how many, what other ones? Punch love and Other love? Drugs. Oh, uh, yeah. Just watch that. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Eat, Pray, Love. Mm. Uh, I Love You, Man. Uh, I don't know. Just stop it. Yeah. Probably a movie called Love. It's probably a tennis-themed romantic comedy. Could you <laughs> What was that Paul Bettany one, the tennis movie? Wimbledon. Woody Out? No. <laughs> love on the court. It sucked. Whatever. Courtney it was. Love. Borg versus McEnroe, or whatever it was. Anyway, sorry. Match point. Match point. Everyone loved it too. Yeah. Not, not, sorry, I didn't even. No, mean to I, do I, that. I, I, you're fine. But anywho, stop putting love in your title, uh, person, people. Uh, this is the. I think the last thing I want to bring up, and I, I think this is a really interesting and uh, thing, and and that's you know we we touched on a little bit earlier how the kind of the power of the internet in the, the marketing uh, for this movie and how this was one of the first movies to really harness the power of the internet. Actually, another movie we talked about that harnessed the power of the, of the internet before this movie was uh, Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. which kind of did it in an even um, earlier, sort of more nascent stage of the internet. Um, this internet was a, the internet was a little more developed um, at this point in time, but still people were kind of figuring out the marketing. And, um, and, and this movie really nailed the internet marketing. And, and I think one thing that is really interesting about this is um, how the sort of um, production went back and forth with the community um, about, you know, kind of uh, how to make the film better or what they wanted, you know, what the people wanted to see in the movie, um, which seems kind of rare. And, and, and the kind of the main result of that, which was a very intentional thing, and I wonder if this has ever happened again in the history of cinema. I'm sure it has, but I couldn't tell you an example. They did reshoots of this movie. They did five days of reshoots of this mm. movie. And um, based on fan feedback... Um, from test audiences and I think some you know feedback via internet um, and they were specifically um, trying to make this movie rated R instead of PG-13 they did reshoots to bump this movie up from a PG-13 to an R and it seems like you know obviously it's that's so- got to be internet fueled that is oh it totally is, is. but what a, but, but but how many times has that happened in the opposite direction I mean hundreds oh, of thousands of times no, absolutely that's, Always happening it's perpetually, always the, but but how many times does it happen in the other direction? Yeah. I, I very rarely. So that's just really interesting. I thought that they they specifically wanted this movie to be rated R and did reshoots to make this movie R. And you know what? <clears throat> I fucking hate that because <laughs> I have always been a fan of the of the soft R movie. Mm. Um, and and the reason being that movie could have so easily been made PG thirteen. But the reason it's R is because there was something artistic that would have been lost if it went from the R to the PG-13. Um, I think like Oppenheimer is a good example. Um, you know, movies like that. But uh, t- for a movie to be PG-13 and bump to an R artificially, mm-hmm. I mean, that is just like the lowest of the low. That is that is bullshit. Yeah, that's br- I can't. That I just strongly agree with that. I think it was. I did not know that about this film, but. Can I ask? I think this could be a fun icebreaker. If any, anything comes to mind, but just beg the question: What you said? I mean, what what movie comes to mind is like the softest R? Ooh, <sighs> you know. And I, I'll, I'll give one real quick. If you don't come up with anything great, how about Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Yeah, that's a great example. Ooh, a nice little through line too. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I that was an R. I did not know and that it, was an it, R. It, it is because of the one. I mean, he says "fuck" what like ten times or yeah. twelve Holy times cow. or something, and that's that's it. That's literally it. I and just it's, love it's, that because that is that is a director just not bowing down to studio pressure. That's yeah, what that yeah. is, and that's a that's a sign that if they didn't bow down, then what else did they not? give in to so it now in in 2023 i know back then it's a little bit different because they had to worry about box office and getting humans in seats and you're going to get less humans in seats because they have to be 18 or older 17 or older so nowadays you don't necessarily have that barrier between a kid or a teenager and watching a rated r movie on netflix hbo max peacock all these streaming services do you think they now have that in mind that they don't really give a shit whether it's pg-13 or rated r because they know that a larger sample size of people are going to watch it? No, they care. I think they definitely still care. Yeah. Um, I think there was a... That's the reason Deadpool wasn't... Or they were pushing for Deadpool to be PG-13. I knew they were doing that, but that was also... I mean, when did that come out? 2018? 18? 17, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I think it's strange that... Um, yeah, we. I mean, we just looked at. What were you looking up, Nick? Uh, I was uh, one that came to mind that we had talked about was the Gray Man. It was rated R or PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Yeah, PG thirteen. I felt like they were really trying to. They were toe the on line the line of that. Yeah. To, yeah. That that movie had a couple of sort of sequences that felt R rated to me. Yeah. Not the least of which was the fingernail pulling off oh, stuff. That brutal. Was rough. Yeah, and then the final fight scene was pretty brutal too. Yeah, just it was. It was a lot for PG thirteen. It was. Yeah, I was trying to come up with one. Um, I'm not, nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head here. Yeah, no, it's all right. I just thought that was an you know, interesting thought. But, okay, well, guys, I mean, I think we pretty much, you know, cross-fired or slow-burned the shit out of that. Or, you know what? Actually, we've got one more topic to cover, and that's this music video that's playing during oh, the final God. sequence here. What is going on with here? I, 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 going this, on with this here? Yeah, I, we're I watching think... the credits, and there's a music video going on in the back, at the end of the film. I actually turned this movie off so fast, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, same. Uh, no, I, I, didn't. I didn't. I, I stayed and watched the I whole thing. I felt like a movie like this was going to have something in the credits. I, I would just, have rather have seen a comedic outtakes than I would a stupid music video for some band I've never heard of. My, my note was, music video in credits, question mark? <laughs> Sucks. S-U-X. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I felt about it. Um but yeah, really weird and bad. Like it should have been. Uh, what, what was the Triple G song? Yeah, watch watch been, the booty go yeah, or um, drop that booty. Booty booty down. booty go thump. Okay. Booty go thump. booty go thump. Give me the play booty go thump. Yeah, I'd much Please rather see booty give go me thump. booty yeah. go thump. Anyway, yeah. anyway. I, I agree. I was just, I was like, what? What? Why? Why? Uh, is this a joke? Yeah. Is this like Flight of the Concords? Is what I thought it was at first. Some sort of a band like that. Like, is this like a like a yeah, parody band? Yeah, it was band? a very weird, another tonal strange yeah. choice. Weird. Anyway, okay, I think we've 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 slow burned that um, plenty, plenty. Uh, so now we're just gonna gonna do the outro here. Um, if you made it this far, you're you're a saint and a, and a scholar and a gentleman or a uh, a queen among. Queens. If you made it this I, far, I, 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 princesses. Find princess. Nick in public, and he will give you ten dollars. <laughs> uh, no, I don't carry cash. Venmo. No. <laughs> um, so, so, anyways, thank you all for for listening. We have a lot of fun doing this, and um, hopefully, you have fun listening. We are going to do another episode, um, and and this one we're 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 actually I, we're doing another kind of horror Jason thing, and I swear we're going to get off the horror tip uh, before too long here. But but this one just seemed like an interesting one. 
uh, that we might have some fun with, and that is Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't really know what that means or FNAF. what that is. FNAF to, to the to the cool hip kids. Right, but this movie is so big and popular no, that the it game. has its own or game. I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't it's know what game. it is. Are we reviewing a game? Well, well kind of. Kind of. I wish, actually. The game's better than the movie. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's is a game. It's a whole, it's a whole franchise. Uh, okay. I don't know what, what it is. But and then they, again, I'm not seven. They just made it into a movie that uh, is day and date on Peacock and also theater. Uh, it's like in its third or fourth week now. It made $80 million, uh, in the theater its first week, despite also being day and date on Peacock. So I think it, be, it, it merits some discussion. It's a big deal, yeah. and I'm willing to uh, give it a chance and talk about it. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we're going to do here. Next time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're, we're on um, uh, social media. It's at... Let's get another We're on social media. It's at Instagram.com. You can find us at, at yeah, HTTP colon slash slash www.instagram.com slash critical mess crew. Crew. That's where you'll find us. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to keep doing this cause we have fun doing it and we hope you like it too. And we'll see you guys next time. See Later. ya. We stepped on each other. Let's get it clean. Later. Nah. And <laughs> we'll Fuck see it. you next time. See ya. Later. Peace.